The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the Winbet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com and the promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares on professional athletes. Use the promo code SGPN to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our picks and podcasts. Dennis, oh, they've got another one. 
it just gets better and better for Watford. And more and more calamitous for Manchester United. Shown the yellow card. There is the full-time whistle. A miserable day for Manchester United. But for Watford, well, it's a first home victory for Claudio Ranieri. A first home win since the opening day of the season. So many outstanding performances. So many goals to remember. Coming from King, from Saar, from João Pedro and from Manuel Dennis. But what a win for the Hornets. They are buzzing. Watford 4, Manchester United 1. Gary, uh, your former Manchester United teammate, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, no longer in charge of Manchester United. With the situation going from bad to worse the way it did yesterday, was there an air of inevitability about this? Uh, yes, been coming for the last few weeks. The performances have been terrible. The results have been shocking. Yesterday was a wimpish performance at Watford. Uh, I think you're always hoping that the club would, or the players would, um, respond and that the two-week international break would bring some sort of what be freshness but it looked like they had the world uh, on their shoulders their performance levels over the last few weeks have dipped and when a manager can't get a performance out of his players um, and the results are getting as bad as they are then in this game you, you're, you're going to lose your job how did it get this bad because it's not the first time that Ole has experienced a bit of a, a blip as Manchester United manager uh, so what's gone so wrong in, in the last few weeks. Yeah, he's always had that result that has, has, in the past pulled him out of the mire where you thought it might get a little bit too uh, tricky for him but this time the, the results have just got worse and worse and worse and the worst thing is the performances and the team have looked all over the place yesterday. I mean, I, I didn't see the game yesterday but I saw the sort of highlights and saw the uh, some of the goals. I mean, the defending is absolutely woeful. The goalkeeper, the defenders and that's a back four, a back five that have played together in number of times you know Watford are the best team in the league by a long stretch but they got mauled Manchester United yesterday well they couldn't get a performance out of them in the end the players look drained of confidence um, and I'm not surprised today that it's ended um, and look I said a few weeks ago the worst that could have happened for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer yeah. is that he became a bridge from what would be I thought quite a dark period for the club to what I think may be hopefully a positive future they need to get the next appointment right that's probably going to be the end of the season yeah we'll come on to that in a minute and where the club go next but just going back to yesterday something quite interesting at full time Bruno Fernandes going over to the visiting uh, United fans at Vicarage Road and trying to gesticulate and say it was our fault don't necessarily blame Ole, I just wondered what you thought of, of Bruno doing that and whether it was the right decision in some ways for Ole to go. Look, I think in terms of sort of Bruno going over to the fans and saying it's not all on Ole, I think that's absolutely right and it's what players should do. They should take responsibility uh, with the manager. Um, the fact of the matter is, when it's spiralling out of control like it has in the last few weeks, I mean, look, seven or eight weeks ago, there was euphoria at Old Trafford. And within seven or eight weeks, it's just completely deteriorated. Look, he's going over to the fans there. He's waving goodbye. Some of the fans have obviously had a go. They're very upset. They're emotional after what is a terrible performance and result. And the players have gone over with him. Um... You are listening to Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. Also follow the Twitter account for this show. It's at BetMUFC, at 
LockBetMUFC and for additional content from me, check out my website, LockBetting.com. That's LockBetting.com where I have guided my clients to 101 months in a row of transparent track profit. That means for over eight years, I haven't had a single losing month in sports gambling. I'm on my way to 102 and you can sign up for the 103rd month in December. The reason I'm saying to sign up in December and don't sign up immediately now for these Champions League plays or for the plays at the weekend is because I use Patreon and you'll be billed immediately. So if you go to my website, lockbetting.com, it will divert you to a Patreon site. The reason I use Patreon is because it allows me to be fully tracked and transparent. Every single post allows members to comment at the bottom of it. Therefore, if I try to uh, add plays to my PNL, or take plays away from a PL or do anything dodgy like that, it will be picked up on by the members. So that's why I use Patreon. The only drawback is as soon as you sign up, you are billed. So if you sign up now, you'll be billed for one week. You'll be billed for an entire month and you'll only get a week of the service. You'll be billed again on December the 1st. So get the entire month. Loads of stuff coming up in December. The EPL domestic soccer program over Christmas is very, very hectic and jam-packed. It's like getting two months in one. We're also towards the end of the NFL season and we are well into the NBA season as well plus much much more over at lockbetting.com so sign up in the month of December sign up on December the 1st for that 103rd month in a row of transparent track profit so moving on to what we're here to talk about and it is of course Manchester United and the sacking of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer an emergency meeting was called immediately after the Watford game and I got an emergency text saying that we had to do another episode of Bet MUFC because this show is supposed to be once a week and now we are doing two this week. We will be previewing the Villarreal game here on this show and looking at where Manchester United go next. We will be looking at the next manager to go market. But first of all, we have to listen to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's reaction. This sacking was long, long overdue. However, it was still sad. He is a club legend. He is the man who delivered us our Champions League in 19 with his last minute goal and everybody wanted to see him succeed it's better to succeed with a club legend like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer than it is with another manager coming in who has no attachment to the club but it wasn't to be here's what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had to say as he departed Manchester United as the Manchester United manager Ole this is a a sad day for uh, a lot of people who who admire you Um, but you've chosen to to speak yeah no I you know what I mean. What this club means to me, and what I wanted to achieve here, I for for the club, for the fans, for the players, for the staff. I wanted wanted us to take the next step to challenge for the for the league, to win trophies. And I only think it's right that uh, it comes from the horse's mouth. Uh, I don't want to answer all them uh, there's going to be journalists asking me about uh, interviews no I'm not going to do any interviews I want to get it out there I'm going to leave the fr- uh, out the front door and because I think everyone knows I've given everything for this club the club, club uh, means everything to me uh, and together we're we're a good match but uh, unfortunately I couldn't uh, get the results uh, that we needed and um, it's time for me to step aside Three years, almost, well, very nearly three years yeah. you've been in charge. When you look back, are you, are you proud? Oh, very, very proud. Of course, it's, it's one of those things that you dream of in your life. Like you've, when, you're, when you've been a player, uh, you've been a reserve team coach, your next 
job then is the only dream and the only thing that you you haven't done is to manage the club and I I have now and it's been it's been a ball it's been absolutely uh, enjoyable from first to the last minute so I've got to got to thank all the players because since I came in thank they've been the top lads top people some have come some have gone uh, but all of them uh, They've, they've been such an uh, enjoyable bunch to work with. Uh, of course, first of all, I, well, I, I want to thank thank the board and the, the owners as well to give me the opportunity because that's it's not for everyone. And I've had the, the opportunity, and I'm so uh, honoured and privileged to have been been trusted to take the club forward. And I really hope that uh, I leave it in a better state uh, than when I came. And I made. Great friends. I've reconnected with some great friends. Uh, new new staff coming in. Uh, I've become really good friends with the other staff that was here when I was there. We've good friends and we we've connected. And that is um, that's what it's about at a club like this with the fans because the fans have been amazing from day one at Cardiff till till the last one now. So top, and we'll see each other again. Something you touched on there about the day one at, at Cardiff. Um, I, I was thinking about you know memories of the last three years and, and what we could just what we could touch on. And yeah. that in itself was a special, yeah, special day, wasn't it? Of course, you know, Marcus scores within three minutes or whatever it was a free kick, and we went on a on a great run. I don't know how many games we won, but that's and that's that's part that's something I'm proud of as well. You know, the, the runs we made together that. Is a record in itself, probably that the, the first ten wins or whatever we had. I'm, I'm not great for numbers exactly, but I, I know we did well. The away run, the unbeaten away run, that's fantastic. That's something we've. I don't speak about when when we're we're in it because that's just not us. Me, Mick, Michael, Kieran. You know, we, we're not that type of people. But that's something for me now. I can look back at and be proud of. Better mention Paris as well, didn't we? Yeah, what a night! What? Yeah, fantastic. That's that's probably the first, you know, first night that these boys experience what Man United is really about. Some of these boys, because we were down and out, everyone thought we'd uh, we had no chance against a very good team with good players, but they showed the Man United character and pride and. That performance, I'll remember, remember that, of course, and I've, I've got a very nice picture of me and Sir Alex and Eric uh, celebrating uh, and some videos from the dressing room, so good memories. It must have been a tough time of late, Ollie. but what next for you? Uh, I'll spend some time with my family. That's That's been probably the most difficult part, because uh, through the pandemic, uh, with... Uh, Norway being open and here being closed, my family moved back to Norway. And the only one, he he, lo- he loves it back there, so we've lived apart. So that's I'll spend some good time with them. Then uh, watch the team, of course, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully the next manager comes in. I, I want to support him. I, I, I want him to be successful. Hopefully, I've laid the foundation uh, for that to happen because. I know I'm good at what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, 100% sure that to create an environment, a football environment, that's that's where I'm good at. And uh, at some point, I'll probably be back.
So you're going to be a fan still from afar? No, I am a fan and uh, I wish, wish the players all the best. There's some very, very good players there, some good people. And uh, I'm sure that we'll, we'll see them puff the chest out and uh, they'll go on the run. You're going to be watching, clearly, Oli, so what would you say to the players ahead of you know, another big game, which is just a couple of days away in no, Villarreal? It's, as I've, I've, I've said to them uh, this morning as well, you know, trust yourself. You know we're, we're better than this. We, we, we've not been able to show it. But go out, chest out, enjoy being a Man United player, Champions League, the biggest stage. If and when you win the game, you're through to the next round. Michael's going to be in charge. Michael's... I've got the utmost respect. Is I, I love Michael to bits. Becoming emotional now because he's top, and um, ah, that's um, they'll be they'll be fine. I'll I'll watch them and support them. I mean, you're always going to be welcome at Old Trafford. You know that. Well, I hope so. I hope so. Anyway. Well, it's been brilliant dealing with you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. See you soon. So there you have it. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is now gone. He is no longer the Manchester United manager. As I said, it was a little bit overdue, but at the same time, it was sad. You could see Ole Gunnar Solskjaer getting emotional there at the end. And look, he loves the club. That's why we wanted to succeed with Solskjaer. Nobody else that we get in is going to have that kind of attachment to the club. But at the end of the day, a change needed to be made. It's very important, though, who we get in next. And I don't like the approach already off the bat. It's being said, it's being heavily rumoured in the press and across social media that Manchester United are looking to appoint a interim coach before making a permanent decision in the summer. That seems to me like we're writing off the season. At the moment, we have Michael Carrick in charge. He's now in third place in the market to get the job permanently. In order for the bet to cash for the permanent manager at most places, it's a manager who manages the team for 10 games. And it does look like Michael Carrick is going to get those 10 games because the manager that we want, which is rumoured to be Mauricio Pochettino, is currently managing Paris Saint-Germain. And it's being said that he... He would favour Manchester United over PSG because of the stability and because we would give him something like a five-year contract, whereas at Paris Saint-Germain, it's very much year-to-year and probably this could be his final year if they don't win a Champions League. And looking at the way they've played this season, I can tell you that Paris Saint-Germain won't be winning the Champions League. So maybe Mauricio Pochettino would come now. Maybe we would he would come at this point, despite the fact that he's the Paris manager. It looks like he's going to win the league with Paris and they are still in the Champions League. But at the moment... It looks like we are going to go with an interim coach. Now, I don't know if that means we're actually going to go with Michael Carrick or whether we are going to appoint a interim manager on a six-month contract. It is very, very disorganised at the moment. And this isn't going to appeal to another player, uh, a young player that's coming in. When you look at the situation at the club and you look at Van Der Beek and Sancho and the mess we're in and the fact that we're writing off this, this season, that isn't going to mean that players are going to want to come in and play for the club next summer. And I don't even know if players are the issues. It's the stability of the club. Club. It's the toxicity of the club. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer eliminated a lot of that. That's something that he did very well. There have been positives there. While there hasn't been a 
trophy. He did get us to the Europa League final. He has been to a number of um, semi-finals. He did come second in the league. He did go on an incredible away run. And one of his biggest things is the positivity that he installed with the supporters and the fact we are moving in the right direction. And this has come out of left field that um, that this season has started so poorly and that he's started poorly enough for him to lose his job here in November. But we cannot afford to write off a season. We cannot afford to waste one of the two seasons. We have Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. So this is very, very worrying. Um, I think that we need to finish in the top four. We can't write off a season to the extent where we we don't even finish in the top four because that's not going to make it very appealing for new players to come in to the club. It may help us with winning the Premier League, playing a lot less games than other than other clubs, but it's not going to really be that anyway because you play more games if you go into a Europa League and God forbid a Europa Conference League than you do if you're in the Champions League anyway. So I have no idea what is going on with this club. I wanted to get rid of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yes, that step has been taken. But as per usual, the owners don't have a plan and we have no idea what the next step is. They took long enough to sack Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. For me, that should have been done in the summer. That should have been done after the Europa League final. It was clear that we'd reached a point where, yes, we'd improved and we'd taken steps forward. But that's where we needed to make a change to genuinely challenge for the league this season. It would have been harsh. You would have seen a lot of Man United supporters complaining about it. But I think that would have been the best thing to do. We've made it here now in November. There's no way we can win the Premier League. But we can still salvage this season. I still think we need to make an appointment which gets us into the top four. That means that we can still challenge for the the FA Cup. And that means that we can still have a run here in the Champions League. Because we're in a position to win the group which would give us a runner-up in the next round so when we're in the quarterfinal it can be a lottery you can see teams put out incredible performances and knock out big sides I mean that was one of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's most monumental achievements we heard him talking about the fact that they did knock out a Paris Saint-Germain team where they lost the first leg to Old Trafford and then beat them 3-1 in the second leg um, it's actually Paris Saint-Germain's manager, Mauricio Pochettino, that leads the market here now. He's a 4-5, to five, minus 125 favourite. There has been significant line movement with that. Had I done this show immediately yesterday, Mauricio Pochettino was third or fourth down in the market. He's now the outright leader, odds on. And there must be something to this. Is he actually going to leave the Paris Saint-Germain job in the middle of the season when they could win the Champions League this season? Is he just going to forsake that due to the fact that Manchester United are offering him more stability and a big long-term contract? We know that there was a meeting taken with Pochettino and Alex Ferguson last uh, last season just before Paris Saint-Germain's Champions League semi-final with Manchester City. Now, I'm going to be actually staying at the Lowry Hotel tomorrow because I'm going to watch the Manchester City PSG game and I'll be looking out for, for Alex Ferguson popping in to meet with Mauricio Pochettino again. It'll be very, very interesting to see if Pochettino does take any meetings whilst he's in Manchester. And I am genuinely going to be sitting in that hotel lobby looking out for that. And uh, I'm mainly there because my son wants to rub shoulders with some of the PSG players. He wants to run into Lionel Messi and get an autograph or two. But yeah, I'll be looking out for that. And uh, there's there's no smoke without fire. And from Mauricio Pochettino to jump that many places in the market and now be a minus 25, 45 favourite, that does say a lot, I think. And um, 
as I said, once again, no smoke without fire. Looking at the other odds here, we've got Brendan Rodgers at 6-1. to one. He was the second favourite as soon as Solskjaer got got sacked. Zinazine Zidane was the original favourite. He's way down in the market here at 12-1. to one. Between Zidane and Rodgers, we have Carragher 6-1. to one. Eric Ten Hag at 10 to 1. He's very popular on social media. We have Laurent Blanc at 16 to 1, lower down. And um, Ralph Ragnick, he was talked about very much by Man United supporters as a temporary solution. They saw what he did at RB Leipzig. He's expressed interest in the job. And he could be someone that comes in. Steve Bruce is at 20 to 1. I don't think there's any chance of that. That would be a very, very poor appointment. And Louis Enrique, lots of talk about him, has moved in from 66 to 1 to 25 to 1 here in the market. And everybody else is bigger than 33 to 1. So at this point, we're going to have a look at the Villarreal game. Michael Carrick will be managing us for this game. He did speak at the press conference today, but nothing particularly interesting came from that, so I'm not going to include any audio from that game. All I will say is that Manchester United only need a point here from this game and then a win against Young Boys on the final day, and then we will be the group winners here of Group F. Tomorrow, if Manchester United do draw that game and Atalanta win away to Young Boys, that puts everybody on eight points. But due to the fact that Manchester United have a positive head-to-head record against both Villarreal and Atalanta, drawing against Atalanta and beating them, and then Manchester United have already beaten Villarreal, and therefore if they draw that game tomorrow, they will have a better head-to-head against both of those two teams. And head-to-head counts ahead of goal difference in the Champions League, because at the moment Man United just have a plus one GD, and Villarreal have a plus four, but Man United are ahead due to the head-to-head record. So they can win the group with a draw and a win, and I do think that they will get that draw tomorrow. I cannot see us losing to Villarreal, so that will put us in a strong position to win the group. If we lose the game tomorrow, then Villarreal move on to 10 points. They are three points clear of us, and Atalanta will be two points clear of us by beating Young Boys. So, essentially, we can still qualify from the group by beating Young Boys because Atalanta or Villarreal will have to take points off each other. So there will be an opportunity there for Manchester United to leapfrog one of the teams. However, I don't want to finish runner-up in this group because then that gives us a group winner. I would much rather play one of the group runners-up and give us a better chance of qualifying through to the Champions League quarter-final round. So, looking at this game tomorrow, Manchester United are the bookies' favourites to win it. Manchester United are available at 11-8. to It's 5-2 to on the draw and it's 9-5 to here on Villarreal. If you're looking to take a bet here from this game... I think one thing that Michael Carrick isn't going to be able to sort out in the next three days and looking at that performance against Watford is the defence. The defence was absolutely appalling. Villarreal are going to score in this game. But at the same time, despite how poor we looked against Watford on Saturday, we still do have a very, very strong attack. And I can see Manchester United scoring in this game as well. Both teams to score is available at 4-6, to six, minus 150. United have conceded 13 goals in their last five games, which is horrendous, which is why we've seen Ole Gunnar Solskjaer get the sack. Both teams have scored in United's last 
eight Champions League matches in a row. Three of Villarreal's four group games have actually seen both teams to score land. And Villarreal have drawn nine games already this season. So a draw, as I said earlier, would be good enough for Manchester United. And the statistical data says that a draw could be the result anyway. A 1-1 scoreline here is available at 6-1. to A 2-2 scoreline here is available at 14-1. to I think that's tremendous value looking at the attack that Manchester United have, looking at the fact they had a 2-2 last time against Atalanta and looking at the way we defend. A clean sheet is just very, very unlikely. So both teams to score here will be my strongest play, but I do think Manchester United will come away with a positive result. That doesn't necessarily mean a win because, as I said, a draw is a positive enough result. Given the head-to-head record of Manchester United against the other two teams around them and that will mean they just need to beat young boys on the final day avenging that shocking defeat from match day one and that will be enough to take Manchester United not only through but make them the group winners here giving them an easier draw in the round of 16 well on paper anyway because there are some teams that look like they are drifting into second place who I don't really want to play I mean one of Manchester City or PSG are going to be second so we don't really want to play against PSG and uh, Borussia Dortmund haven't won their group with Ajax. Ajax were perceived to be the weaker team, but after two wins against Dortmund, Dortmund could now be a potential last 16 opponent for Manchester United if they do go the do go on to win this Champions League group. One final thing I'll add about tomorrow's game. Look for in-play opportunities here tomorrow when Man United play Villarreal because it wouldn't surprise me if we go a goal down. Across the 360 minutes of Champions League action this season, United have led for just over an hour. And by contrast, Villarreal have been behind for only 35 minutes so far in this group. So that's completely different data yet it's Manchester United who are leading this group, which kind of says a lot about the way this group has gone and how Manchester United have been bailed out numerous times by the one and only Cristiano Ronaldo. So that concludes this episode of Bet MUFC. I'll be back at the weekend. I'll be looking at what happened in this Villarreal game and I'll be previewing the weekend clash exclusively here on Bet MUFC as Manchester United travel to Chelsea. That's it for me in this edition of BetMUFC. Good luck with all of your bets as always, guys. And thanks for listening.